Hi everyone, welcome to the Duluth Rundown, a podcast focused on the local Twin Ports running scene. My name is Tony Stensland with Tony Stensland Coaching. And I am Mike Ward with Duluth Timing and Events. All right, quick thank you before we get started to our sponsor of this episode, Austin Jaro, uh, Duluth's original running store. Um, that's the place to get your running shoes. Great advice from all the people that work up there. Um, check out their website, austin-jaro.com. Um, they are also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, drive on up to their location on Central Entrance, um, just on the other side of where the Home Depot is, but on the other side of the road. Uh, or give them a call, 218-722-1185. Thanks so much to Austin Jaro. All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 69 of the Duluth Rundown podcast. As usual, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Mike Ward. Yes. How are things, Mike? Yeah, very good. How's Zero you? complaints. Yeah, that's so Zero. good. Zero, yes. That's so good. Yeah. You're, very, you're a very uh, positive, glasses half full kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, I could have come up with some complaints. No no need. But I got, I no just, need to do I that. got none. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good to hear. How about you? Yeah, no, I'm doing pretty well myself. Had a nice run this morning. Nice. About 15K and... Solid. Yeah, I feel good. It was actually kind of... I didn't really kind of want to go. I was like, eh, yeah. not feeling it. Went out and it was just... The run got more and more enjoyable as, oh. as it went along. Until yeah. the very end, I got a little tired. But I also kind of yeah. sped up, kind of pushed the pace a little bit in the last half mile. It was a subtle downhill. And so yeah. I was like, eh, I'm just going to use this and play for a little bit. And so... Yeah. So that was kind of fun. You ever had a run where you don't want to go and you're just like, ah, I know it will be fine once I start running. And like two steps in, like literally two steps in, it's like complete mindset shift. Yeah. Like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. I, I can't, that like baffles me every time. And I know it. Yeah. I know it to the point where if I feel like I'm not running, like I remember last time how, how I felt like two steps in. Right. And then sure enough, two more steps in. I'm like, oh, this is better though. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> really know. nice when that happens like that. That's And, and it happens a decent amount actually. Yeah. Like, like we always talk about it. Like yeah. it's easy to not want to go for a run and then you never regret going for the run. Never. When you come back home. Never. Yeah. Never. My favorite run is when, or one of my favorite things that happens on a run, I should say, yeah, is when you're running with some buddies and nobody says anything, <laughs> but the speed just slowly starts to creep up. <laughs> and everybody's aware that the speed is creeping up, but everybody just kind of rolls with it. And then no, it gets so a little funny. bit quicker and a little bit quicker. And yeah. pretty soon you're darn near racing, but everything, it's all silent. It's, yeah. just, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel happens. like um, I have that personality where that happens. Like, I, and I don't necessarily like, like this about myself but like i feel like i have to be like a shoulder ahead uh, i don't know it's this weird thing I'm like stepper. like what am i doing you yeah. know <laughs> like feel bad about it sometimes. i'm sorry like i have to apologize yeah like i don't know <laughs> yeah no i hear you that that yeah I, and those what i described to you like i don't do anymore like that doesn't happen for me anymore those days are oh. are gone pretty much because yeah. i don't run with people for as much as i used to at yeah. all yeah and and also that where it's like cranking it down faster and faster and faster. Like that doesn't happen anymore either. Yeah. yeah. So, but those were fun days when, when, yeah. when that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, it's also gone both ways where I know like I'm real fit and just like to kind of like flex a little bit yeah. like for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. You know, cause it's like happened to me, happened to me, uh, me and, uh, Kyle, me and Kyle Severson do that a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. uh, me and Kyle, we run a, a ton together. Like, evenly pace i mean we get along great you know that sort of thing 
my training partner but like uh, it's funny because like sometimes we'll like flip-flop fitness levels like mm-hmm. i feel like a lot and i guess i can't speak for him but like i feel like there's times where he wants to just like <laughs> dig me a little bit right, right. and it's like then like i train hard two months later i'm like I'm going to, I'm going to make them hurt a little bit. Nice. I don't know why. I just feel like I, yeah. I ought to, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's, a, that's, a, that's super enjoyable. I will say, as you said that one thing I, I feel bad about at times, and this is on bigger, bigger group runs with maybe like five to eight to 10 people or whatever. Um, yeah, I do feel bad sometimes about dropping somebody. Oh yeah. You know, you're getting out there and they, and you just like, they're having a bad day or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, I picture one day where I was with some people and yeah, I turned around and I saw one of our friends and he was always back there and I'm like, ah, we'll just keep going, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I feel yeah. bad about that. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, I should have just gone back there and ran with them because yeah. everybody can have a bad day. Of yeah, course. A bad day, but Oh, well, I mean, sometimes it's nice. Just like, leave me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Leave, That's leave true. Me. That's true too. Yeah. Yeah. Or words of encouragement. You're like, Hey, we all have e-dumps sometimes, you know? No, <laughs> right. <I'm just> right. <laughs> well, should we get uh get into it, Tony? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Sounds good. Well, first things first, as always, we do have some results from uh, some winter racing so uh, let's get started with the uh, Duluth winter trail running series on January 20th we had the Hartley Park 10k Spencer Castillo won that race um, and that was with a time of 41:44. Uh, first place for uh, female Emily Sterling with a 48:32. Emily ran uh, eighth overall and in the 10K uh, run division, there were 66 finishers total. Um, let's see, uh, one, one in the 10K snowshoe. That was Eric Hartmark, 45-32. Nice. Uh, moving on, we have results uh, from the Freezer Gizzard Blizzard run, which was January 27th uh, in the 5K race. Uh, we have a winning time of 19.10 from Lexi Erickson from International Falls. So Lexi won the race outright by uh, over two and a half minutes. Well, two and a half minutes on the dot, actually. And uh, first place male, third place overall, uh, Brett Danker out of 10 Strike, Minnesota, 23.02. And then in the 10K, uh, the winner from that was also... Uh, Lexi Erickson nice. from International Falls. So she took the doubleheader again, smoked the field uh, <laughs> about two minutes, <laughs> two, two minutes from the second place person. So Lexi ran uh, 41.06 after winning the 5K, and then Brent Ford out of International Falls won How the. How old is Lexi? Uh, Lexi is 24 years 24 old okay. out of I Falls, yeah. Uh, Brent Ford won the men's division of the 10K 43.15. Nice work, Lexi, okay. taking the doubleheader win. Uh, next, uh, I'll talk about, let's see, we have the Frozen 4-Hour and 5K. So Spencer Castillo won the 4-Hour uh, race as well with a distance of 31.2. And then the 5K, uh, or excuse me, um, on the uh, female division out of Nashwalk, Minnesota, Alyssa Peterson uh, won the race with just over a marathon, 26.4 miles. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then on the uh, 5K side, uh, first place, Jan Ritchie from Thunder Bay, 25.43. First place, female, 
uh, was Leah Budnick from Duluth with a 28.43. And you know, let's see, in the uh, 5K, we had 18 competitors in the four-hour race. Uh, a lot, 44, 44 nice. finishers. Well, competitors, I'll say. It's not really a race you finish when it's four hours. If you start, you're the finisher. Right. <laughs> really make one loop. Uh, let's see. And then the last uh, set of results we have are from the Arrowhead 2024. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Since this is a running-based podcast, we can start with a run. Uh, Alan Chapman won the race with a 34 hours and 42 minutes. And then Emily Kratz uh, won the uh, lady side with 43 hours and 17 minutes. Uh, so overall, there were, uh, let's see, 31, 31 finishers. Or no, excuse me, 46. Yeah, we have 46 total finishers, male and female, uh, on the 135-mile run. And uh, I believe I believe Alan Chapman is the um, uh, Superior Hiking Trail fastest known time. Oh, is that right? Holder. Okay. Moments. Okay. Yeah. I can look that up and maybe talk about it later, but, um, uh, yeah, we have to shout out the bike results as well because a previous, uh, Duluth rundown interview guest, local Duluth athlete, that's right. Multiple sports. Nick Nygaard, uh, took the, took the win in the bike division in his first arrowhead in his first arrowhead. Yeah. Uh, 24 hours, 37 minutes. And, they were they were kind of saying or maybe alluded to that this was potentially the hardest year yeah ever yeah i it sounds like it the the bike for the bike especially for the bike especially i don't know mike if you saw any pictures or a video of the trail and yeah yeah it just didn't even look like arrowhead looked like may yeah it's craziness yeah Yeah. and so yeah talking with nick a little bit post race he said that there was a lot of push a bike because of hike a bike because um there wasn't enough snow to groom or for the uh-huh. the snowmobiles to pack anything down. And so it was just oh. kind of loose sugary snow Ooh. and, you know, maybe only a handful of inches deep. Uh-huh. So you're just trying to push a bike, you know, yeah. a heavy fat tire bike loaded down with all that gear. Loaded down. Push, yeah. Push that bike for so oh. long. Yeah. Really, really tough here. And the bike times indicate it. Right. It's so much slower than a normal year. I mean, because sometimes the champions are 14 hours. Correct. Yeah. Or less. Right. And then next time, 24. Right. And Nick's perfectly capable of riding 14 hours a right. normal arrowhead year. If it was zero degrees. Yeah. 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 Smooth sailing. <laughs> so props out to anybody who finished wow. it on bike. And of course, there were no skiers this year. Right. And I don't believe there were any kick sledders. Yeah. Actually. So it was either foot or bike, but the yeah. bike had to be so difficult. Uh, 60 bike finishers. Yeah. total so and honestly i thought for what i could see the finisher rate was a little higher than i would have thought it was going to be given mm. the course situations and i think probably ken would think that as well interesting um probably on foot it made it a little easier and of course yeah with the warm temps that was one aspect that you didn't have to worry about right it wasn't going to be 35 below right but that doesn't make it easy either. It, well, it's yeah. A, it's a, a, a different kind of challenge. And like we already alluded to on the bike, the, the lack of snow actually hurt. Right. So. Yeah, just the slow, 
slow rolling, yeah, so to speak. Exactly. But yeah, I can imagine it would be maybe a slight benefit to runners just strictly off weight, right? If you right. know you don't have to bring these heavy jackets and things. I mean, you still need a negative 20 bag. That's kind of ironic though. <laughs> right. Just to get in, just to start the race. But yeah, I know one person who had to drop because they got a hole in their sled. Oh, oh, from rocks and things, rocks and bare ground and everything. Yeah. Wow. So, oh, geez, that that would never even never ha- happen yeah. on a normal Arrowhead year. No way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, big props to Nick for taking the win. That's super cool. Yep. Um. Oh, and uh, I should uh, shout out too. We should shout out the Duluth Winter Trail Running Series overall standings. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Kim and Andy, the race directors, um, they compile from the whole series which is super cool uh first place was uh leah budnick and first place uh on the women's side first place on the men's side spencer castillo two duluthians so uh nice work to those two and that concludes our uh race results Mm -hmm. and we just have one upcoming race uh we didn't quite know did we if we uh we're gonna have another podcast before then so we figured Let's do a little extra promo for the St. Fennessy 4K, uh, which is a Young Athletes Foundation. Um, Grandma's Marathon organization puts on this race. It is on March 16th, 2024, four kilometers. That's a Saturday morning, 10 a.m. is when the race starts. Uh, Registration is still open. Uh, Just type in St. Fennessy, F-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y 4K. Uh, it's in Hermantown, Minnesota, on the outskirts of Duluth. So, local race, and uh, yeah, hope to see you there. Uh, so that concludes all the race announcements. Let's move to trails, Tony. Where where are we at on trails? So, I have barely been on some trails because yeah, the trails that I have been on or even just seen were terrible. Yeah, I think most people have probably experienced that as well. Just packed firm ice yeah that's um doesn't look like it's going anywhere for a little while uh yeah i remember like a month ago seeing these notifications on social media like trails are are actually open go out and then like two days later no trails are closed and then i think it maybe eric got cold trails are open again yay (laughs) nope a week later it's 40 again trails are closed it's just like flip-flop back and forth yeah sheesh so probably better safe than sorry like as of today i mean it looks like this week's supposed to be warm again mm-hmm. just stay off run the roads run tra- gravel road i mean something else and but. even the gravel roads are not good i came up hawks sure. ridge today and the low section of the hawks ridge down by the parking lot there where it's really really shaded yeah that was treacherous there was only huh the far as you're going uphill on on skyline there on hawks ridge mm-hmm. um mm-hmm the only way to really get up that road was would be to be on the far, far, far right edge of the road. There was enough of a path where hmm. one person could go up it. Otherwise, it was just a sheet of bumpy ice. It was, really? Oh, yeah. It's really bad because it's so huh. shady there and all yeah. the water kind of flows downhill and stays. Sure, so sure. It was So some of the gravel and the same thing with like Vermilion Road when the gravel section I know mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. some of that is um, the gravel is just not great. Hmm. The, the pavement is great. Yeah, like okay. all the pavement, as we know, just driving around. All the, right, right, the right. Pavement is great, but uh, huh. gravel's kind of spotty. Interesting. And trails are even worse because they're so so shaded. Well, versus yeah. A, 
I've thought about going out of town, you know, like some uh, mm-hmm. like Cloquet Valley uh, State Forest is one of my favorite spots, you know, kind of in the shoulder season when trails are definitively closed. But like, I just need that kind of itch to get, mm. <laughs> get in the woods, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I've thought about it, but that's an interesting point that there may be some kind of treacherous ice. Yeah. Common on even gravel. But like you say, we're getting some warm weather here next week yeah. as we record this on Sunday the 18th. Um so that will help with some of the ice, you know, it's going right. to get rid of some of the ice, but yeah, so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's just weird to think that we've had kind of our, maybe like trail closure season, but that might've already kind of come yeah. and gone <laughs> right? Mean, to some extent. Exactly. I mean, we go through this every year, just not in February. <laughs> not February. It's been a strange, strange winter. The trees won't bud though until like May, like normal though, right? I mean, I don't know. It could be <laughs> like, a little earlier. I don't know for sure. I imagine we still have work. some winter coming our way but don't jinx us yeah we'll see i have again i have zero complaints on this win. i mean it's a little sad but on on one hand it's a it's hard to complain too much like not shoveling and yeah i'm happy to not shovel but at the same time i'm like oh i'm wearing down my snow tires for no reason at all uh, yeah <laughs> yeah well i just remember last year the trails were like so good for months right for they were just prime for months because it was just consistently cold and we kept getting this nice snowfall and so looking back to that you know the joys of kind of like a, a good winter yeah. to this yeah it's maybe depressing but it's the not skiers the are not thing. happy they, they are, are not happy. happy yeah the skiers oh, are not happy uh, did you sign up for a ski race were you gonna do the the um the the one of them. Yeah, I'm doing the Prince Hawken, um, and we're doing open track on Wednesday, mm-hmm. so in four days. Um, and I've been on skis three times this whole winter. Yeah, what's the status with the Berkey weekend? Have you been paying much attention? I have not. Yeah, so they're going to still do it. They're going to do all the races, uh, mm-hmm. open track and the normal races, but everything's kind of dialed back, so there's a 10K loop. Mm. The Berkey people will do three loops, so it's only 30K, Yeah. except for the elites. They'll do their distances okay the cordy people will do two loops will be 20k the prince hogan which is normally a 15k for prince hogan Mm. is going to be one 10k loop wow well maybe silver lining if you haven't been out well that's kind of when they announced that i was like i I can take that i can take that (laughs) a little less uh distance i mean i I feel like i can handle 10k of skiing that's not a big deal but um, yeah I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I just wish I had been on the skis more a little because I'm not a good well, skier. I'm not very strong at that. And so I needed more practice and I just didn't get yeah, it this year. Yeah. Well, you are not the only one, <laughs> not even close. I, I'm pretty certain on that one. Uh, all right. So what do we got next? We have the coach's corner. Um, what do you have for our listeners today? Tell yeah, me. so this is an interesting, well, I think it's an interesting one, and it's kind of not really like, I guess, it's there's maybe a little bit of advice, kind of coaching, quote-unquote, to it, but really it's just a, I don't know, it's just a thought as much as anything, and I'd be curious to hear what you have to say about this as mm-hmm. well. The The idea is, and I had this conversation with a, with one of my runners just last week when we were talking about some some kind of crazy training that sometimes takes place like in this case some elites that they do yeah and i just had this thought about like thinking outside the box and every once in a while yeah how that's beneficial and kind of maybe do something i don't know almost kind of kind of crazy in your training and we we've talked about it a little bit yeah when we might have even been our last podcast or two two podcasts ago we mentioned um 
sometimes we would go for a run and try to bonk on purpose. Ah, uh, sure, sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's kind of a thinking outside of like you're not yeah. gonna find a lot of like training plans to say you should go do that. Like no, they're not. No nobody, one. Nobody's gonna ever say that. Of yeah, course. yeah. But the idea of every once in a while just doing something weird, hmm. maybe as a test of fitness, maybe as a test of limits, mm-hmm, maybe. Mm-hmm as just a pure experimentation. But mm-hmm. I think sometimes that thinking outside the box or doing something crazy has some real benefits. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, it does big time. I mean, how many times at a race have you been in maybe a tough spot and you think to yourself, well, I remember back to this moment in training where I bonked on purpose mm-hmm. and I remember what that felt like. And I, I remember how I got through it and what I like, I can go back to that zone and like have confidence that that I went through that experience and so I can go through that that now. Mm-hmm. Right. So um I think of something crazy, like I think of this, this is like a joke that I have is like I eat a triple cheeseburger and then go for like a long hard run. Right. Like test my stomach, you know? Yeah. And so I mean that might help me because I know at like a ultra marathon like i'm gonna have to eat i'm not gonna feel comfortable like stomach wise right i'm gonna be trying to shovel as much food in my mouth as possible and so like if i could eat a triple cheeseburger and then do like a track workout yeah maybe <laughs> i don't know i mean i i haven't actually done that to be clear yeah yeah <laughs> it's kind of like my this joke my stomach hurts just thinking yeah. about it right now actually, <laughs> a little bit. with bacon yeah uh do you have any examples of pros i guess i'm curious uh kind of what you mentioned uh with, with pros you know you, you said pros sometimes do crazy training well, crazy stuff like we were having this conversation there there's a, a pretty famous coach named renato canova he Yes. Yes. Yeah. And he has this training in a lot of his marathon training. It's called the special block. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people know uh, Renato Canova's special block. And it's an intense, a crazy intense day that they have. There's one day they kind of prep for it with two relatively easy days. And then afterwards there's two really easy days because this day hmm. is intense. Mm-hmm. But and if I, I'm going to miss the details a touch here, but um, it's like a 10K in the morning at 90% of marathon pace, five minute break, and then like 10 or 12 K back at the same effort level or Hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. But that's not, but then they do basically the same thing later in the day. They do another 10 K at like 90%. And then they do like, um, maybe 10 to 12 by one K on the track. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) And then, so that alone is already, outside the box yeah sure right? and i sure. you know nobody's gonna do that and don't do that anybody who's listening that's you can't you can if you want that's tough that's yeah i mean I'm just yeah, <laughs> dial it back maybe you do yeah, 5k yeah. two times or wow. something like i don't yeah. know but then in addition to that which is already kind of crazy enough and outside the box enough yeah he will sometimes tell some of his runners this is what i've read well this is true because he's, he's what I've read his quote. um he tells them only eat vegetables and drink water in between oh, come during on. the day. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Huh. So that the, his idea is so that the body's kind of learns to sort of search for hmm. calories, you know, mm-hmm. search for glycogen and that kind of a thing. Hmm. And again, this is, that's outside the box. It's a little outside the box. Yeah. And I would not recommend that, but you know, he's also Renato Canova and he's right. about as successful a coach as there's ever been. Right, 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 right. So anyway, it's just fascinating to me that um, yeah, these ideas of 
just you know yeah um emil zadapek's famous 400 meter yeah 40 by 400 40, or whatever yeah you know crazy yeah tromping through the woods with tromping, his wife on his back right with his wife yeah and in snow boots and yeah. things like that and yeah army yeah. fatigues yeah yeah um, I, I guess one thought that I have right away is like, okay, so you're a professional runner. You're at the top of the world. You know, you're looking for that like 0.1% improvement. Whereas like most of us runners, like if we tried like a little bit harder, we can make like big, big, big improvements, right? Just cause like we have yes. jobs and families and mm-hmm. stresses in life and things like that. Yeah. Um, so like, do you, does, is that even applicable for like a pedestrian runner, like such as you and me to think outside the box? Uh, Yeah. I think it hundred percent is. Yeah. Like, should we just put our head down and just like do what we know works, like run more miles, get better sleep, eat a little better. That'll work too. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say 99% of the time. Yeah. Maybe 99.5% of the time. That's what you should do. But as your experience grows, I think that's when you can Mm. start to think outside the box a little bit more. (laughs) You learn you know, yourself a little better, your body, your mind, mm-hmm. you learn how you respond to training, you get a little stronger and more yeah. fit. That's when you can start. I remember one day I decided, and this was just kind of out of, I guess I, this would, would have been thinking outside the box. When I was in Iowa in a state park, mm-hmm. um, we had this 15 K race that we put on. Yeah. And so I knew the loop It was a 15 K loop. Yep. And I decided I'm going to run it three times. I'm going to run it forward, then backward and then forward again. Uh huh. So, and that's what I did. I just went out and, and ran that. And it was a, that was a tough day. Cause it's a pretty challenging. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like Chester. It's, it's pretty okay. up and down. It's up pretty hilly by, yeah. even by, by Duluth standards. Actually, it's a pretty hilly park. Huh. It's certainly by Iowa standards. And this is in hilly. Iowa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but that was, yeah, that was a, I don't know. I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to go do this. And yeah. I did. Yeah. And what made that so crazy? I mean, were you going hard or, or what made that so outside the box? I guess. Well, 45K, it's ah, 45K sure. of running. Yeah, okay. Trail running. You I know? guess I didn't add that up. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So it was more than a marathon, you know, 27-ish miles yeah. of, of running, single track, real challenging trails. Yeah. I mean, I, I took little breaks. I had this really awesome um, Volkswagen, green Volkswagen bus camper. Sweet. Green plaid interior. Wow. It was beautiful. And that was kind of my little little aid station, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and kind of sit in that for a little bit after each loop. And yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I know the answer to this, just like hearing the story and seeing your expression, which I can see and our listeners can't. But uh, I mean, what was the uh, outcome or was it positive? Like, was that out of the box experience, positive, negative, neutral? What was the outcome? It was definitely positive. It was, hmm. it was, it was hard and it was tiring. And the last loop was really difficult. Yeah. But I mean, I still couldn't go back to that day in my mind mm, mm-hmm. and, and envision so many aspects of that day. I yeah. had a slightly not friendly conversation with some horse riders because <laughs> horses are allowed on that trail as well. And yep, they yep. were kind of yelling at me cause I was on the trails and like, I get to be here too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it was a, it was a, I'm glad I did it. I'm super glad I did it. Yeah. Hmm. And I was just thinking like another day that I had here in Duluth of the big, snowshoe day i think i oh, ran yeah. like 26 some miles on snowshoes yeah one day just going out and like 
experimenting and see what what would happen. Interesting. You know, Interesting. You, re- you remember those those days too. You do. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what I mentioned right away. Like I think the benefit of going outside the box is just having that that sticks out so much because you are outside. I mean, if you're just training, you do yeah. five miles every single day. What is one yeah. run gonna do? I mean, they all blend together. They all blend together. And then, do you have anything to draw off when it comes to like I persevered or I, like these mental strategies? So. Um, I think that's the benefit of going going yeah, outside the box. Absolutely. Um, I guess my experience, I, I can't think of any real uh, very specific moments where I went outside of the box in terms of like training. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I have with like the intangibles. Like for instance, I mean, how many races do you sign up for that you compete in where you really don't get good night's sleep the night before? Like, oh, yeah. Really bad night's sleep actually. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but like you couldn't fall asleep but then also you're waking up so early yeah. earlier than you've ever waken up totally you're right and you're in a hotel room whatever whatever so like i think those sort of things you know like it's so easy like okay maybe you're calling friends to run on a saturday morning you're like yeah can we do it at 9 30 or like 10 yeah. i don't know you know right i have to at six you know like saying yes to that and like so yes ultimately like that that's my out of the box stuff is like doing these intangibles eating the triple cheeseburger you know getting getting out Kind um, of outside the box, and then in addition to that, or correlating with that, would be sort of outside of your comfort zone, even. I guess yeah, that, yeah. that's maybe more so outside like the say, comfort getting zone. Getting up way earlier than you might want to get up. Right. Yeah. Right. To join your friends for a run. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, and it's maybe not deliberately outside the box. It's just undel or not deliberately out of my comfort zone. Like I don't want to be tired, but mm-hmm. I am, and I'm going to run anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Do you have other examples, I guess, of uh, outside the box? Like, w- what are some things I could implement maybe to... Well, I mean, for I think with regards to training, I think distances are mm-hmm. always something to consider, You're like just farther than you've ever gone before. Another thing, too, might be even just like, how fast can I run a mile? I'm going to go to the track mm. and, and just hammer one out and see what happens, mm-hmm. you know, and if it's... 420 or something awesome if it's 745 you know awesome (laughs) whatever it is yeah maybe that's something that's kind of outside of the box it's probably not in your training plan yeah you know to go do something like that but it may be worth doing 720 mile were you spying on me at the track last week that was me that was me no i'm just kidding um is that something that you think like me or some of our listeners should could or should implement in their training like Mm like week nine yeah on that that saturday i'm going out out, outside the box i think it needs to sort of be sort of an impromptu thing okay it needs to be an intuition thing where you're just like you know what today maybe maybe you're a little burnt out maybe that's a good time to uh Hmm. try something outside of the box interesting because of the that experimentation aspect that sort of exploration aspect of of what today is going to bring hmm. because a lot of times burnout you know like you said another five mile run right. and they kind of all feel the same all well the same. you know what it's going to be like even yeah even typical long runs kind of can even though yeah there's challenges to them you kind of like eh, it's a long run up the shore i know what it's going to be like right yeah i don't know maybe or even maybe it could be traveling 
to hmm. somewhere. I, I got a long run, but I don't want to. I'm just. I'm driving to. I'm going to drive to the cities and wow, yeah. join a training group down there. Right. Just call a local running shop and say you got a group run, and I guarantee you they have a group run on a Saturday somewhere. Yeah. Can I hop in? Cause I'm yeah. Gonna be in the city. Maybe maybe that's your outside the box. Yeah. You're staying within your training plan, but you just go somewhere yeah. completely different. You call a shop down. Like, do you have anyone that runs with you that likes likes to be a shoulder ahead? Right. Yeah, I'm I'm there. I'm yeah, coming. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, and uh, my last question on this, uh, some that I thought of Tony is like, okay, so from a coach's perspective, mm-hmm. and maybe like a coached athlete's perspective, like, are there ways that you can encourage this outside the box? I mean, if it ha- if if it's better to be spontaneous, impromptu, like how, from a coach, how do you approach that? Well, I think one thing. Well, that's a good question. I would say, you know, if you're with you're working with an athlete and you're you're training them, you know, the, the training plans maybe right a week or two or th- maybe three at the most, and then you kind of reassess. There's mm-hmm. a constant like, how did that go? Okay, now we plan again. Yeah. The the other way of doing that is you write the entire training plan for the entire you know sixteen twenty twenty four week sure period. There then there's less room built into the spontaneous outside of the box kind or, of approach. Right. You just have to make some adjustments if you wanted to. There would be more room to do that if you're just if you're coaching somebody and you're only writing a couple of weeks hmm. at a time. I think it could absolutely be done. It would be something that you and the athlete would need to be communicating with or or you and your coach would communicate right. and right. figure out and plan for hmm. even though you you, know, you say we say we want it to be impromptu, we can still sort of planned for this kind of two week yeah. focus or one week where we like, like with the Canova thing, they take right. a couple of easy days. They know prior. it's coming. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's a crazy thing, but they're prepped for it. Right. So that's it's not, actually, it's actually part of the training. It's just a crazy part of the training. Right. That's yeah. not, that's not impromptu. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So I have to take two days off before. It, so. Yeah. It's not yeah. impromptu though. It is outside the box. Yeah. Yeah. Canova was like, take two days off for, and I won't tell you why. Right. No. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right if anybody wants to, there's a YouTube, uh, if you know the YouTube channel or even they have a podcast as well, it's called sweat elite. Hmm. Um, on YouTube, there's a couple of different videos of them filming this oh. special block training day. It's incredible. Cool. If you're a fan of running, check that out. Sweat elite on YouTube. Sweat elite. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's some awesome footage. Cool. And he's very open about what they're trying to do. And it's just, it's, it's like you're right there running with the, with all those Kenyans. It's incredible. Fun. Yeah. Check that out. Uh, anything else regarding thinking outside the box, Tony? No, I don't think so. I'd be curious to hear what, um, other people have to say, what our listeners have to say, send us an email and yeah. 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 Or, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm curious from our listeners if, uh, anyone can think of a time that they were outside the box you know they totally let's yeah. hear the stories let's hear the, the stories story. are the one of the great things that come from it you know like, like absolutely you, you remember them and i just yeah. shared a couple just that popped into my head just now yeah i'll never forget that triple cheeseburger that's <laughs> exactly. a fake story i don't even know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh actually tony that is such a good segue to our next segment uh which is a new segment that we just mm-hmm. came up with just now uh, I don't know if we'll keep the segment name, which we have all, all these fun segment names such as Coach's Corner and Trails Report and, and stuff. The Duluth Rundown Fan Mail yes. section. So idea being like 
you know, s- send us uh, an audio clip of yourself. You know, you can record it on your phone and, and email it to us. Send us an email, and maybe one day we can do like a live you know, call in or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, we want to hear from you guys, and uh, we love we love hearing from our our listeners. Um, and so let's share uh, one note that we have from from one of our listeners uh, that uh, to our email inbox, which is the Duluth Rundown at gmail dot com. This is from local runner Lisa. Lisa stated um and and this was a we talked about a new trail system in hartley Mm -hmm. uh the pines through the pines yeah yep which we had mentioned was uh very wide this was a maybe back in the fall time but Mm -hmm. uh, lisa noted the new wider trails and pines at hartley are adaptive trails um slash uh beginner trails um uh, you know agreed that it could uh, make for higher speeds um, but glad to see some moves being made to make cycling more accessible to more folks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I agree with that. Um, totally. You know, who knows? I, I, I mean, we haven't been in trail season, but like, is that an issue with, with high speeds? I think like the fact that we, you know, there's a focus on adaptive trails or like just more, more accessibility is far outweighs the potential for, you know, speeds. So yeah, speed I agree. Crash issues. I know when I, when I brought that up, I didn't think it was going to be an issue. I was just trying to, I don't know, just one, if I could just find one little nitpicky negative about it, that would have been right. And then again, it's just potentially it, it would lead to that versus what used to be just kind of a straight shot through the pines. Well, yeah. And of course that had that low spot that hardly ever, ever dried out swampy. Yeah. So this is, this is definitely an improvement versus what it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Lisa, for sending that in. Uh, we love hearing from you and from all the listeners. So if you have a topic of conversation, if you want to shout out yourself <laughs> from a recent race performance or anyone totally you know, can, yeah. yeah, I mean, these are some of the segments that we can uh, talk about in our new segment, Duluth Rundown Fan Mail, and maybe someday we can take live calls. That would be super cool. Yeah. No, maybe no one would call based on the amount of emails we get. I don't know. We'll see, but we can just take it one, one week at a time, one month at a time. So, uh, moving on, we have, uh, what I'm into our famous section, what I'm into, Tony, what have you been into lately? Well, what I've been into a lot lately, and we alluded mm. to this on our last podcast because you and I are both doing that bike race yes. in August. Yeah. So I have just been obsessed again with gravel biking and the whole bike world okay it's, okay it's nuts because yeah when i was doing the gravel stuff yeah 20 well 16 2015 2013 that kind of thing sure the bikes were one thing and there's and everything's so different now yeah it's only like roughly 10 years yeah difference in my bike is almost obsolete <laughs> at this point because it's a you're at a steel rim brake steel i don't mind the steel i'll ride that forever but rim brakes oh yeah that hardly exists anymore not arrow so not arrow at all no no <laughs> yeah you're right exactly um so trying to find equipment in fact uh, hmm. you know everybody rides now much wider tires oh yeah definitely well, my bike will only accommodate 38 at the most wow okay so which is fine because i don't think see myself riding 45s anyway on that um, yeah gravel bike but um fair fair enough yeah, yeah so 
it's just been fascinating. But anyway, just so, and I've signed up for two other gravel Okay, what ones? As, as well, um, the Freedom 76. Nice, okay. And then I'm on the wait list for the heck. Okay. But I think I'm like the first or second on the wait list, so okay. I, I expect to get in. So, yeah. For the 56 or whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. Fun, yeah. fun. So are you planning any upgrades to your, your oh, yeah. rig then? Or I'm what, already, the... I've got a new fork on there. I've oh, got let's a go. Suspension stem, a suspension seat post. Wow. Um, probably build a new wheel set. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I definitely want to try to get it as 2024 as possible. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still going to be a pushing 15 year old steel frame bike. Well, yeah. But it'll still be single speed. I'm not changing that. Nice. So, yep. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Yep. Very good. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Do you know what ratio do you think you'll, you'll it's, ride? Uh, I've got 42.16 right now. I think it's a 2.6, 2.63, something like that ratio. Uh-huh. And I'll stick with that. I'm toying with maybe going even a little stouter. We'll uh-huh. see how the training goes. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Uh, with day across Minnesota, there are some hefty hills. I know on the backside. Late that's too late in the race. Two hundred plus miles in. I know. And there are some hefty, hefty. My plan is to go down the, to Red Wing in April and ride the last. Yeah. From maybe Red Wing to Cannon Falls and back or something yeah, like that. Okay. Ride the ride the course a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing section though. It's so fun. Yeah. But. Yeah, there's some scary hills. I remember more so the hills going down being the challenge. Yes. Uh, just like those hills are intense. Yeah. Whereas uphill, like it wasn't that bad. Right. You know, really. And I was riding single speed. I didn't have any issues. Yeah. There's one punchy hill I remember. Well, a couple punchy hills were challenging. But uh, yeah, I mean, you don't need gears at all to do the downhills. <laughs> like well, that's the thing. I People talk about single speed being so much difficult and all that but um i guess it is for the uphills but i think the disadvantages on a single speed is actually the downhills not the uphills or the flats or the flats to some extent once you get geared out and you can't go in, and the downhills are that way for sure yeah when, then there's nothing you can do yeah obviously yeah. i mean i think it's hard even on the flats especially with drafting like mm-hmm. it's hard to find that sweet spot of a ratio where yeah you know you can actually like get up to speed you know mm-hmm. 20 miles an hour maybe on the flats drafting yeah and do a even like a moderately <laughs> moderately challenging uphill yeah yeah very true find that sweet spot yep fun so anyway that's what i've been into how about you cool uh i've been into some really nerdy uh projects electronics mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so uh soldering soldering electronics that's so cool yeah i don't know i don't know if it is or not what have you Let's been see. What have you been building? Uh, so um, I'm a I'm a gardening fanatic. Yes. Okay. And uh, I redid my basement yep. um, last year. And one aspect of that was to have a grow room in my basement so I could, well, grow food year round. Right. A, but also just, you know, help with my outside, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, anything. Starter. Get them started. Yeah. Just everything. Like I have basement space that's more or less unused. Like mm-hmm. f- this would be great for that. So, um, my, my, part of my plan was like to implement these like s- sensors, like temperature and, and humidity and like send them to an internet database. And then, um, control like a like an outlet with that data okay and i'm yeah. way i'm in over my head <laughs> big time huge time it's not it's a i don't know if i can make this all work but i'm really trying really hard tony yeah that's we'll super see. cool we'll see in a month or two if i'm 
I might, that might be old news, you know, because <laughs> really hard. It's like just, I don't know. It's a lot. So <clears throat> that's what I've been into though. Trying, trying yeah. to learn. Awesome. Uh, last segment here is our shout out. Do you have any shout outs, uh, of mention beyond the ones we've already talked about here? I do actually have a, and this isn't a, well, it's kind of running, but it's a, a shout out to the local, uh, high school Nordic teams. Oh yeah. Who, fin- who had finished up their state meet last week. Um, specifically the Duluth East teams performed extremely well. The girls won state again and the boys, I think finished second, if I remember right. Also some other local individuals did really well. Mm. And I was thinking, particularly with the seniors, mm-hmm. what they went through in just their high school careers, mm-hmm. seniors who skied because they had COVID. Mm-hmm. So they had distance learning and then they had the masks and mm-hmm. they had all this yeah. crazy stuff in, during their high school career. And then yeah. those who skied Nordic had this winter of like no snow to deal with and yeah. barely for, for like East, for instance, who would ski at uh, snowflake for their practices. I don't, they yeah. weren't able to get out there as much as they normally would. So Has everything's always at spirit mountain and at all. Yeah. Just a lot of resiliency for, for some of those kids who are seniors and yeah. had to deal with what they've had to deal with for awesome. their high school careers. Hopefully that's some good life lessons for those young kids. Absolutely. Huh? Tip my cap to them. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I got nothing else. I mean, definitely wanted to highlight Nick Nygaard, our personal friend and a former Duluth Rundown podcast interview subject for taking the win at, at Arrowhead. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Anything else here, Tony? No, that should take care of it. I think. Awesome. Should we get on with our uh, interview here? Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. Perfect.